The following podcast is a part of RadioMisfits.com. And now it's time for the Mr. Nelson Show. Welcome to another episode of the Mr. Nelson Show, episode 56, brought to you by... Donald Trump's a sex offender. He's a sex offender. What? Uh, no, he ain't. God damn it. Besides, you gotta register for that, so it ain't official. Oh, my God. That's just... it. Look, it's over. Hillary's gonna be president. Learn it, love it, live it. Never in a million years will I ever... Learn to love a rape and neighbor like Hillary Clinton. And she did no such thing. Yes, yeah, she did. She did it for her husband and she did it for a pedophile back in the 70s. No, that it was her job. Her job to free a pedophile. No, it was her job to defend him. It wasn't even her choice. Yeah, well, after she didn't have to tell the court that the little girl had fantasies of older men and basically was asking for it. Anyway, look, this whole uh, sexual accusation crap uh, just conveniently crops up now. Oh, you, you're questioning the victims, are you? Well, that's just an act of misogyny in and of itself. Yeah, it's funny, Lefty, because a week ago, uh, any rape accuser was a tramp, wasn't it, in the, in the words of Joy Behar? What? Oh, well, those are the ones that were going after Bill Clinton. Oh, that's ridiculous. It was so long ago, it was just ridiculous. Clap trap and unnecessary for the discourse. Yeah, well, this is like uh, between 20 and one of them is even 35 years ago with Trump. I mean, uh, what's the difference here? Well, the difference is, of course, uh, none of them are saying that he raped them, uh, which is different with the case of Bill Clinton, isn't it? Yes, yes. But like I said, uh, it kind of cancels each other out, doesn't it? Yeah. So maybe we can move on to... Uh, other things like uh, WikiLeaks. Oh, please, those Russian agents. Yes, yeah, we don't even know that stuff's true. Yeah, they should have just said that in the first place, which pretty much tells you it probably is. And besides, uh, it would have been the first time that WikiLeaks faked anything. So, huh? So much for that, huh? I. This is outrageous. Yes, yeah, an outrageous outrage that you keep supporting that wicked witch of Washington D.C. Yeah, well, speaking of wicked witches, let's get on to our Halloween stuff. Uh, oh yeah, I have a little. Yeah, you're gonna have to do it next week. What? I prepared a whole. Yeah, I know, but I don't have time for it. Uh, you know, we gotta move on. And uh, I got a, a special little drama I put together. Uh, it's an episode of one of those, uh, well, not, I was going to say home improvement uh, reality TV shows, but actually it's one of those uh, house flipping shows, you know, where they uh, buy a house and then they pretty it up and then they sell it for a profit and uh, that's how they make their living. <laughs> well, actually they make their living off of a TV show, but still the idea is to, uh, you know, pretty up houses and sell them for profit. Anyway, uh, in this particular episode of this show, it's called... Uh, Flipping flops. <laughs> yes, uh, our two hosts inadvertently purchase a haunted house. <laughs> hey, get ready for flipping flops. I'm Peter Floppy. And I'm Tina Floppy. And we're flipping, flipping flops. flops. A couple of years ago, my dream of breaking into the glamorous world of movie and TV production had to be put on hold on account of we were starving to death and I had to find some other career. With the help of some friends in the contracting business, my wife Tina and I got into the world of house flipping. Yeah! But along the way, a funny thing happened. We were able to marry our two careers and make up our house flipping reality show, Flippin' Flops. We go around and scour the neighborhood looking for properties that no one else really wants and uh, kind of just left behind like a lost cause. But we're able to flip those flops into gold. Yeah. So this time around, we found this property on Elm Street. It's pretty isolated and everything, but it's a two-story house with a pool. It should have easily gone for well over 500000 despite needing renovations. But we were able to get it. For around 300000 It's like stealing candy from a baby, you know? This was going to be one of our easiest marks yet. Yeah, because, like, if we are able to buy it, 
for like less, then we can and then sell it for like more. That's called profit. Yeah, that's uh, that's right, honey. So we got together with our head contractor Joe Cumstain and headed over to the property to give it the good old look over. Whoa, oh, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm gonna put some oil on that, huh? Yeah. Alright, I'm seeing a lot of paintwork here. Well, we're gonna have to take this down. Uh, yeah, yeah, you might want to expand the kitchen. You know what, Joe? Uh, yeah, Tina? I'm gonna want this whole metal wall taken out, cause then it will have like the uh, open concept so that this whole space could be like open conceptually. Yeah. Alright, we'll get right on that. Yeah. Hey, whoa, check out these faucets. Eh, what about them? Like no water comes out. Yeah, we're going to have to get the plumber to check out the plumbing here. Oh, yeah. All right, man, let's get up these stairs and see what we got in the master bedroom. Yeah, I like don't think I can go with these uh, weird artsy wall patterns on the walls going upstairs. I'm going to have to redo that. I just don't like that color, that dark brown, red tinge to it. Yeah, it looks like uh, a bunch of uh, bloody palm prints or something. That's kind of weird. All right, here we go. Wow, well, this was a first. We walked into the master bedroom, and where the bed would have been, on the floor there was a circle of dead cats kind of ritualistically posed and stuff with, like, uh, candles and shit. I don't know. Uh, it was really weird, and you usually don't have run into that kind of thing here, but hey, first time for everything. Yeah, poor Joe had to go outside and throw up several times. Uh, it took a while, and it's some extra pay to get him to come back to work. That was, uh... Yeah, that was a real damper on that one. It was so disgusting. I mean, really gross, and it stuck, and it really disturbed me, because killing kitty cats is not cool. So anyway, the next morning, we decided to deal with the plumbing situation. And so uh, our main plumber, John Kennelcade, showed up, and uh, he gave the whole house an overview. And, well, so what's the verdict there, John? Uh, well, uh, you know, it's the strangest thing. Uh, I was going through all your pipes and, uh, uh, and what was causing all the blockage. It looks like all your pipes are, are just stuffed and caked up with old blood. Ew! Yeah, it's, it's just a, a bloody mess. <laughs> Yeah, well, when just when I thought things couldn't get any worse, uh, Joe and his team started to work on uh, knocking out that middle dividing wall that was dividing the kitchen from the living room so we could have that open space, you know? And, well, they started knocking it down, and, well... Oh, oh, sweet oh, Mary oh, and Joseph. Oh, 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 oh. Um, uh, Peter, you better come in here and have a look at this. No, oh, man, what now? Whoa, is that? Yeah, this place looks like a bunch of bodies were encased in this uh, this wall here. Yeah, this is a crime scene. You're going to have to call the cops in on this one. Oh, jeez. Well, long story short, turns out the previous owner of this house, uh, yeah, he turned out he was a, a serial killer and a Satan worshiper. Uh Apparently he killed himself, and uh, they weren't able to nab him for all the different crimes, but uh, now with this uh, evidence that the cops found with these bodies of people that he'd been killing, well, uh, yeah, so I guess it was solved, but, uh, I, you know, apparently his fellow Satan worshippers still frequent the property every now and then, so that, I guess that explains the, the cats. Uh, but, you know, well... Uh, we got to go forward because we, we've already plunged 300000 and then plus another 100000 uh overall in our budget here that we're trying to maintain. Uh, so uh, we're in for the long haul. Right, honey? Um, uh, oh. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, I was uh, looking forward to getting that paint job done on the uh, stairway walls. And when I came in for the next day to look it over... 
I was amazed at how fast Joe had done and cleaned it all off, but, well... Hey, Joe, great job on the, on the walls back there. Well, what are you talking about? You know, the paint job over all that nasty, disgusting red crap. Man, the paint crew isn't even here yet. We, we haven't even started. What? Hey, Joe, who okayed that red pinstripe pattern on the stairway walls? I mean, uh, because I uh, gotta say, it looks like crap. Pinstripe what? Man, I haven't even done anything. What's going on here? Let's go look at that. Good Lord, what the hell is that? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Get out. So yeah, uh, at this point, uh, I figured it out. Um, we got a haunted house. Yeah, like, we're not stupid. Right, honey. Yeah, so, uh, we figured we were gonna have to contact somebody like, uh, like a priest or something to, uh, uh you know, cleanse the house of its evil spirits. But, uh, uh... Oh, yeah, no, uh, I, I had to remind him that, um, there's, like, young boys living next door... And I don't think that's safe to have priests around them. Oh, yeah, right. Uh, okay, so then we, uh, she suggested, like, one of her uh, new age uh, psychic friends or something, Madame Mysteria or something like that. I can't forget what her name is. But anyway, when we told her about the cat, she kind of went into a depression and hasn't spoken to anyone since and hadn't left her house. So uh, it kind of ruined that one. So uh, then we, went and we looked up some other people and came across this uh, reverend who's also apparently a doctor of... Uh, holistic uh, healing and stuff and plus he's like supposed to be a reverend so i figure he's good with god so uh, that should help yeah oh hey reverend dr leaky welcome to the house uh, i'm peter floppy and this is my wife tina floppy huh. whoa yeah you sure are floppy <laughs> hey uh, give me a little hug there sugar oh okay whoa whoa i'm getting some strong sensations here yeah, man, I'm telling you, the house is haunted. No, no, uh, it's moving in my pants. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, we've had the whole thing, you know, uh, voices, uh, dead cats upstairs, uh, and then the, the workers found uh, a bunch of dead bodies in this wall that was over here that we knocked out. And, Whoa. Uh, yeah, and uh, every now and then there's, like, uh, blood dripping down the walls. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Sounds like you're haunted here. Well, yeah, well, we was hoping you could clean it. Hey, what? Do I look like a janitor? I don't clean things. Well, we meant, like, uh, the evil spirits. What? Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, that's what I do. Because, you know, like, uh, you know, I heal things. And I know stuff. I know the tooth. Yeah, man, so uh, we're up for whatever you need to do, because uh, we're, uh, we're on the clock here, and uh, we got to get this house ready for uh, potential buyers, and uh, we can't have bleeding walls and weird voices screaming at them, you know? <laughs> All right, so let's get started here. I'm going to need you guys to help me out, you know? Yeah, sure. Uh, you know, whatever you need. Oh, yeah, yeah. All right, good. Uh, you see that ladder there, Tina? Yeah. I want you to climb up to the top as high as you can go there. Oh, okay. All right. I'm getting up on it. There you go. Yeah, a little further. All right. Now kind of lean forward, you know, and kind of, you know, stick your, your butt out. Yeah. There you go. Now I'm going to need you to uh, pull your shorts down and... Uh, yeah, I'm going to uh, fill your ass crack full of Hey, what? Wait, wait, whoa. What? Look, I don't know. What is this for? Uh... Hey, you expect me to get rid of these evil spirits on an empty stomach? Come on! Yeah, come on, Peter. He's the expert here. Come on. Let's get this one. Right. There you go. Oh. Yeah, I got to admit, uh, I was a little skeptical of the Reverend Dr. Leakey's uh, methods here, but... Uh, uh, um, yeah, Peter, but like, uh, I mean, come on, uh, yeah. who are we to question um, a man of God, you know? And like, we're like completely not intelligent in this stuff. Yeah. Look, uh, I'm a professional, you understand? And I don't like it when people question my, uh, techniques. So, uh, 
Look, I, you know, uh, this Peter guy, I, I just assumed he was a fruit. You know, I mean, he's all into making houses pretty and fixing them up. And uh, when you want to make your house pretty, uh, you got to hire a fag. You know? So, this is the room that had the dead cats. Yeah, man, they were right there in a, in a circle right in the middle. Yeah, it was Yeah, it was really disgusting. And sad because it was, you know, all kiddies. But worst of all, it really, like, stuck. Yeah, well, let me tell you what you got here. Uh, yeah, you basically got two kinds of haunted houses. You know, you got your, your houses where someone died in it, and uh, you know, the, the spirits just kind of stick around, you know. Sometimes they don't even know they're dead, dumb Man, uh, probably a good chance that those uh, poor victims of that sick who used to live here, they killed them all and buried their bodies in that wall. Uh, yeah, they're probably still here. But uh, chances are they're not the ones uh, giving you the, the real problems. You know, uh, your blood on the walls and uh, the screaming voices and all that. Uh, because, uh, yeah, you told me that this guy was not just a serial killer, but a uh, Satan worshiper. And he was probably in some kind of cult, and that explains those cats. Now, a lot of these Satan worshippers are just full of crap, you know. I mean, uh, one of them's this guy I know. He does my website work and stuff. But uh, he's only into that because it attracts these uh, mad at daddy disasters. Uh, that'll uh, perform in his uh, amateur porn videos. So that, that's why he's into all that. But some of these other idiots, you know, they take it way too seriously. And the next thing you know, they're uh, doing all these black magic uh, rituals. You understand? And so what that does is, uh, means this has uh, got a, a demonic infestation. Because uh, that, that circle of cats is probably where the portal was. And a portal is like a door. And uh, once they open that shit up, well, all them demons come out and, and they never leave. Yeah. And uh, that's the ones you really got to worry about because they're going to cause trouble. And they might possess you and uh, they might kill you. Yeah, it could happen. Yeah. Oh, my God. Dude. Oh, no. Oh, that's man. Like OMG, y'all. Yeah, so I'm going to have to try to make contact with uh, this uh, thing. Yeah, I'm going to do this uh, uh, EVP deal uh, or something like that. A what? Nah, well, I'm going to I'm gonna uh, speak to this creature. And while I'm doing that, I'm going to be recording uh, this with uh, my phone. And then uh, I'm going to play it back to see if it responded. Because you see, uh, like the human ear can't hear these uh, creatures all the time, you know. So I'm going to have to play it back because a lot of times uh, recordings can capture uh, what they said. All right, so, uh, yeah, here we go. Uh, hey, yous. Uh, who the hell are you and uh, why the fuck are you here? Alright, uh, I'm gonna play it back and see if we got something. Uh, hey, you! Uh, who the hell are you and uh, why the f are you in? I am the real shit. Dude, so what do we do? Uh, uh, alright, we gotta like hold hands. Uh, and we gotta tell this, uh, this, um, m m what do you say his name was? I don't know, uh, Maestro, Maestro? Um, yeah, alright, Maestro, yeah, okay, that's what we're gonna do. Uh, hey, yous, Ooh, you get the hell out of here. Yeah, we don't want you here no more. Now, you get out. Lest I consume your soul. 
Hey, I guess that blue cheese is getting to me. Oh, oh, man. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, oh, dude. What was that? Oh. Yeah, yeah, uh, I hereby declare this house clean, uh, but, uh, you might want to open some windows and, uh, yeah, get some air fresheners, you understand? Yeah, so, uh, thanks to the Reverend Dr. Leakey, we were able to get rid of the demon, uh, infestation, and, uh, and so, uh, things got back to normal, you know? Yeah, and hopefully the spirits of those victims we found on the wall... And the souls of the little kitty cats can go off to heaven and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so anyway, we were able to uh, continue with the renovations and uh, everything was uh, ship shape and we managed to increase the value of the home well over 600000 And what do you know? We were able to get a sale at 625000 which brings us to quite the profit, right, Tina? Yeah, it's like we made... Uh, well, um, two? Two hundred thousand, yeah. And so that's why we're out here in the front yard, so we can put this sold sticker on the for sale sign. All right! Wait, what's that noise? Oh, man! Whoa. Oh, my God! What was that? It was sold, so, uh, it's not our fault that the house got sucked away into another dimension. <laughs> well, we'll see you next time on Flippin' Flies! Listening to the Mr. Nelson Show here on RadioMisfits.com. George and Kathy Lutz and their three children moved into a house in Amityville, Long Island. Nineteen days later, they were running for their lives. What happened to them became one of the best-selling books in years and is now a fascinating motion picture, an experience in terror to make you believe in the unbelievable, the Amityville Horror. Read the pan paperback, The Amityville Horror, in the West End and all over London now. Certificate X. Well, hello there. Yes, it's Mr. Nelson. Some of you might have noticed that these films I have over at my little store are all pure crap. And that's the idea. That's why I brutalize them with my savage commentary and nasty sound effects. But you're in luck. I found a film that's actually quite good. In fact, it's a horror classic. I'm talking about Night of the Living Dead. Don't ask me. For some reason, it just was not copyright protected, and so it fell into public domain, which leaves it open to assholes like me to just dump all over it. I shouldn't. But I can't help myself. Anyway, Night of the Living Dead is about some people who spend the night in some old farmhouse when suddenly some undead cannibals show up to crash the party. Warning, due to an extreme lack of talent, bathroom humor is deployed throughout the film. So what are you waiting for? Head over to selfie.com slash Nelson. That's S-E-L-L-F-Y dot com slash N-A-I-L-S-I-N. There you'll find all the films that I've graced with my smart-ass commentary. So again, head over to selfie.com slash Nelson. Ah, Mr. Smith, what seems to be the problem here? Well, uh, uh, it's just hemorrhoidal flare-up, Doctor. I, it's getting to the point where I can't sit down and I can't even walk. I mean, the pain... Well, you're in luck. There's a brand new remedy for just such a situation as yours. It's called Icy Hole. Icy Hole? Yes, go ahead and pull your pants down. I'll demonstrate. Uh, all right. 
Yeah, you'll feel the cooling, pain-relieving sensation of icy hot. Wow, I can't believe how fast it is. I can't believe you still think I'm a doctor. Huh? Icy Hole, available at Walgreens, CVS, and Walmart pharmacies. You're listening to the Mr. Nelson Show here on RadioMisfits.com. Okay, once again, uh, I'm going to present for you an old classic uh, radio show. This is from an old series called uh, Suspense. Uh, it was a really good series. It had quite a few good uh, stories that were always kind of scary and uh, mystery stories and that sort of thing. Uh, just perfect for Halloween. And uh, this particular one I'm going to play here uh, is not really their best, but uh, it does have quite the interesting vocal effect for the uh, the uh, sinister element of this particular story <laughs> that uh, uh, quite spooked me as a youngster. Uh, so do enjoy. Uh, this one is called House in Cypress Canyon. Uh, and here it is. Suspense. Tonight, Roma Wines bring you Robert Taylor in the House in Cypress Canyon. A suspense play produced, edited, and directed for Roma Wines by William Spear. Merry Christmas, Jerry. How's the real estate business? Oh, kind of early with your greeting, aren't you, Sam? Well, I gotta get them in sometime. I may not see you again until next Christmas. If this real estate racket gets any crazy, I'll be dead by next Christmas. <laughs> I'm glad you could get up here, though, Sam. What's on your mind, Jerry? Uh, you, you'll probably shoot me when you hear it, Sam, because I'm probably nuts. But, but doggone it, you're a detective and you're my pal, and I just had to tell somebody. Well, you sound like it's serious. That's just it. I, I don't know what it is, Sam, but... Now, listen, you, you know we're agents for a group of houses up in Cypress Canyon. Mm -hmm. Those places that were started before the war never got finished. Oh, yeah. All they got in were the foundations, just mm -hmm. concrete and a couple of beams. Well, they've been finished now. In fact, I'm putting up the for rent on the last of them today. What do you want? Police protection from the mob? Yeah. Listen, Sam, this house that I'm talking about, it's got a number now, uh, 2256. But before, when the men went back to work on it about three months ago, well, they just started when the foreman on the job brought me a shoebox that he'd found up on a beam. And this box had a, a what do you call it, a, a manuscript in it, a story kind of, all written out. Yeah. Well, he gave me the thing. I read it. I didn't think much about it. I put it in my desk. But the other day, and I happened to drive by there, I saw the number on the house and what the house looked like. I thought of this manuscript. And, well, I don't like it, that's all. There's something funny about it. What's funny about it? Well, mind you, this thing was found in an unfinished house in Cypress Canyon. House that was only just started building. All it's, right. Uh, well, listen, Sam, I want to read it to you if you got the time. And you'll see what I mean. All right, shoot. <clears throat> well, here's how it begins. Uh, to whom it may concern. My reasons for setting down on paper what follows here will be abundantly clear. Here will be abundantly clear to anyone into whose possession it may fall. First, let me say that I'm a very ordinary person. My name is James A. Woods. I'm 35 years old. By profession, a chemical engineer. My wife, Ellen, was a school teacher when I met and married her in Indiana seven years ago. There's nothing in the past life of either one of us to suggest remotely any cause or reason for the dreadful thing that has invaded our lives. Our married life has been in no way different from that of millions of other average, reasonably happy, and congenial families. Three months ago, I was ordered by my firm to take charge of a rather minor project in Los Angeles, uh, Hollywood to be exact. The order was a sudden one. There'd been no time to secure accommodations and... Conditions being what they are, the inevitable result was that until day before yesterday, we'd been living in the cramped quarters of one of those characteristic California motels. Needless to say, most of our spare time had been devoted to a search for something more permanent and comfortable, but the fruits of these efforts had been financially and in every other way a geometrical progression of discouragement. Until last Saturday afternoon, only four days before Christmas... We were driving into town on our way to a movie when Ellen saw it. Jim, look. 
What? That sign in front of that real estate office. Oh, yeah. But yeah. Uh, don't you see what it says? For rent, furnished, two-bedroom house, close in, immediate occupancy. Yeah, uh-huh. Aren't you going to stop? Oh, Ellen, you know a sign like that. It mean right out in plain sight in front of a real estate office. Oh, yeah, but Jim... Either they want $600 a month... We'll that... never know until we ask. Well, if it's any good at all, there are probably 50 people fighting for it right back there now. Well, honey, there's no harm in trying. Now, is there? You really want to go back? Oh, it's probably foolish, but what can we lose? Okay. Oh, darling, come on, cheer up. How do you know? Maybe our luck's changed. Maybe fate's going to give us a nice new house for a Christmas present. Come in. Oh, uh... We're sorry to bother you, but we just happened to see that for rent sign outside. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, I hung it outside just this minute. Is... is the house available? Why, sure, sure it is. Uh, let me introduce myself. My name is James A. Woods, and this is my wife, Ellen. How to do? Wow. Looks like it's fixing to rain. Yes, so it does, doesn't it? Well, it was one of those things. The real estate agent had just been authorized to rent the place by mail that morning, and he'd hardly had time to look at it himself and put up his sign when we drove up. It was just an ordinary little California house about halfway up Cypress Canyon, number 2256. Just an ordinary, undistinguished little house. The agent didn't know much about it. Construction on it had been stopped by the war, and it had just been completed and furnished lately. Been vacant while somebody's estate was being settled, and... Now it was owned by a bank in Sacramento. Of course, we didn't... We didn't Got this about key in the mail along with the authorization to rent. Only one there is. Of course, you can have duplicates made. Yeah, seems to stick a little. Oh, no, there it is. It doesn't sound as though that door had ever been opened. Well, a little oil on the hinges will fix that all right. Oh, sure. Now, now here's your living room. Furniture's a little dusty, of course. You've got to expect that. It's good furniture, though, you see? Benson Brothers. Yes, uh-huh. Now, over here's a little den. Panel, you see? Radio, fireplace. Really a very attractive little room, particularly for a man. Uh-huh, yep. Now, the, the bedroom's off the living room here. Everything's all on one floor, you understand? Uh-huh. It's uh, quite nice, I think. Yes, uh-huh. You can see you get the morning sun here. There's a view of the canyon through these front windows. You got cross ventilation. That's about all there was to it. It wasn't the best place in the world. It was small and badly built, but what would you have done? We took it with as little inspection as that. It was the Saturday before Christmas. And the very same evening, we were struggling up the steps from the road with suitcases and boxes and armloads of clothes and... All the endless bric-a-brac that people collect and never know they have until they move. Ellen began unpacking, and I began moving things around and taking the worst of the pictures off the wall, doing all the little things that everybody does when they move into a new place and try to give it something of their own. Don't be such a sourpuss. You know, it's a roof over our heads for Christmas. That's more than we ever thought we'd get, isn't it? Now, what in the world are we going to do with those two pictures? Well, why don't we just leave them where they are? Jim, we can't. They're too awful. Well, all right, put them in the closet then. I can't. Both the closets are jammed full. No, I mean the other one in the little alcove off the den. At least there's a door there. I suppose it's a closet. Yeah. I don't know. That isn't a commentary on the housing problem, huh? A woman moving into a house without even knowing where all the closets are. Take the pictures down, will you, honey? Bring them in here. Okay, okay. Oh, I guess you'll have to help me with this door. I can't get it open. Let me see it. Well, of course you can, silly. It's locked. Where are those keys we found on the desk? Mm. Here they are. Uh, no, not this one. Sure, this one won't work. No, feels like an awful solid door for a closet. Oh, and that's one solid door in the house. No, this one won't do it either. Well, we'll just have to get a locksmith up here on Monday. I'll put the pictures behind the desk, okay? Yeah, yeah, all right. Jim, if you could just help me move this armchair, huh? Oh, Ellen, will you let it go until tomorrow? You know what time it is? Oh, but honey, I'd like to get the place looking just a yeah, little bit. Yeah, but it's bit... almost midnight. In fact, it's, it's exactly... What was that? <laughs> Tomcat, I guess, out in the brush somewhere. Sounded near. <laughs> Hope that doesn't go on all night. Well, there's much we can do about it. Come on, Ellen, I'm dead tired. All right, Jim, all right. 
Where'd you put the toothpaste, honey? It's right in the medicine cabinet. Oh, yeah. Jim, we ought to get some firewood tomorrow. You know, a fire in that living room would make all the difference Make's in the world. Can't. Sunday. Well, Monday then. Jim, I think red curtains are what we need, don't you? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You know, just at least for the living room. Anyway, the ones in there now have just got to come down. Yeah, I suppose they do. What do you think of red? Well, I guess it's all... Jim. It's some tomcat. Jim, it... It sounded in the house. How could it be in the house, Ellen? We've been over every inch of the house. Except that closet. How could a cat or anything else be in the closet that's been locked up for over a year? I don't know. It's... Yeah, it's probably under the house. A wildcat or mountain lion or something. I hear they have them in California. Jim, I don't like well, it. Well, neither do I like it, but there's nothing we can do about it tonight. Oh, well, maybe we ought to call somebody, the police or oh, some neighbor. Oh, don't neighbors. be silly, Ellen. You act like a kid. Come on, let's go to bed, huh? Well, all right, I suppose it is silly. Jimmy, did you lock the door? Yeah, yeah. Can I turn out the lights now? Yeah, all right. Good night, Ellen. Sleep tight. Good night, Jim. I don't know what time it was, perhaps an hour, perhaps only a half hour later. My mind was in that hazy borderland between sleep and a dream that's still part of consciousness. <laughs> then I was awake. <laughs> Ellen, are you all right? Yes. Did you have a nightmare or something? No. I heard it too. Well, that didn't sound like any cat. Put on the light. Yeah. It, it seemed to be out there, Jim, in the house somewhere. I'm going to look into this. Jim, you be careful. Come on. Where's, where's my shotgun? In the den, I think. Jim. What? There, there's something wet. What? Wet? Running from under the closet door. Sticky. Uh, Ellen, don't. Don't touch it. I had to. Jim, it's blood. For suspense, Roma Wines are bringing you Robert Taylor in the house in Cypress Canyon. Roma Wines' presentation tonight in radio's outstanding theater of thrills, Suspense. Between the acts of suspense, this is Ken Niles for Roma Wines. These days before Christmas are busy ones indeed, yet smart hostesses everywhere find time for shopping and distinguished home entertaining later. The secret? Magnificent Grand Estate Wines. Presented by Roma, America's greatest vintner, Grand Estate Wines add distinction to your hospitality on a moment's notice. Make your holiday welcome, effortless, and in perfect taste. The brilliant clarity, full fragrance, and mellow taste of Grand Estate wines please discriminating people everywhere. For Grand Estate wines, limited bottlings by Roma, are born of choicest grapes, then patiently guided to superb taste richness by Roma Vintner skill, necessary time, and America's finest winemaking resources. Delight your guests with Grand Estate California wines for entertaining Medium Sherry, Ruby Port, or Golden Muscatel. For dining, Burgundy or Sauterne. So insist on Grand Estate Wines and enjoy the crowning achievement of Vintner skill. And now, Roma Wines bring back to our Hollywood soundstage Robert Taylor as James A. Woods with Kathy Lewis as his wife Ellen in the house in Cypress Canyon. A tale well calculated to keep you in suspense. not be too difficult to understand from the foregoing why I've taken the pains to set down in writing the events related here. To find in one's newly rented house a closet which cannot be opened is in itself certainly no great cause for alarm. But to be awakened in the stillness of the night by unearthly cries within that house, to find oozing from under that closet door something that is unquestionably blood, that's another matter. Perhaps others might have been braver than we. 
Suffice it only to say that we got out of the house in something very close to a panic and only returned when we had the moral support of two stalwart Los Angeles policemen. You uh, just moved in here, you say? That's right, officer. You can, you can see we're still unpacking. And the place has been empty right along before that? Yeah, I, I don't know much about that part of it. You could check all that with a real estate agent, though. Well, uh, <clears throat> where is this closet? Oh, it's it's right in here, officer. And and the blood, the blood is... Where? Where's the blood? Jim? Officer, I, I swear to you, there was blood on the floor less than an hour ago. I, I saw it. Uh-huh. It, it was running out from under that door. We heard that noise and we got up and then we saw it. The, the door was locked. Locked, huh? It seems to be all right now. Hey, uh, you folks aren't trying to be funny, are you? Is, isn't there anything in it? No, ma'am, there is not. Look, officer, we're reputable people. You can call my firm. They'll tell you all about me. There's nothing wrong with this closet. Walls are solid. No trap doors. If you think I'm lying... You... I didn't say that, mister. Oh, you probably did hear some sort of a noise, and you got a little panicky, and... What, uh... what about the blood? got on my hand. It isn't there now, is it? Yes. Where? I, I feel it. <laughs> now, you folks, just take it easy. You know, you're liable to hear all kinds of noises up in these canyons at night. You're uh, from the east, you say? Uh, yeah. I'm, I, I'm sorry, officer. Oh, that's all right. That's all right. If you have any real trouble, call on us any time. All right. Well, good night. Good night. Good night. Hey. <laughs> You ought to have this door fixed. That's enough to scare you. Yeah, we're uh, we're going to have it fixed. We didn't say much about it after that. There wasn't much that could be said. The next day, I went down to a lot and bought a little Christmas tree and some trimmings, and we tried to pretend we were cheerful, but there was an uneasiness between us that had never been there before. Ellen seemed tired and listless. Several times during the day, I noticed her washing her hands with a, with a brush, scrubbing the one that had touched the blood. That night, we each took a sleeping pill and went to bed. It was sometime after midnight when I was suddenly wide awake and staring into the darkness. In some way, I, I knew at once and instinctively what had awakened me. Ellen was not in her bed nor in the room. The nameless thing I feared gripped at my heart until I could scarcely breathe. I opened the bedroom door and started through the house, putting on every light that I could find. There was not much to search, but I searched thoroughly. The, the living room, the kitchen, bathroom, day, and even the garage. And all the time, the dread of looking where I knew at last I must look. For I think I knew from the very first time where I'd find her. It must have been a full minute that I stood before that closet door. Then, I opened it. She stood there rigid, her arms at her sides, her fingers extended like claws. Her hair was over her face, her eyes stared out of it. Her lips were drawn back in a grin like an animal at bay. For a moment, I was frozen with the horror of it. I stretched out my hand. <gasps> Very deliberately, she turned her head and sunk her teeth until they met into the flesh of my forearm. I'd raised my hand to strike at her, but already she'd relaxed her hold and gone utterly limp. She would have fallen unless I'd caught her. I carried her into the bedroom and laid her on the bed. Strangely, at that moment, my only thought was how I might revive her. Until I saw that it was, it was not a faint, but a sleep that she'd fallen into. A sleep as deep and heavy as though she'd been drugged. And so I left her. But for me, that night, there was no sleep. Jim? Yes, Ellen? Oh. What are you doing up so early? Oh, I, I got a little restless. I'd make some coffee. the most wonderful sleep. And I feel so rested. Do you? Mm-hmm. Jim. What? What's the matter with your arm? Oh, I... I just hurt it. Well, honey, it's it's terribly swollen. Let me see it. No, it, it's all right, Ellen. Oh, it isn't all right. 
You've got to see Dr. Wesley right away. Sure, I, I will. No, I now will. you promise me, Jim, that you'll go the first thing this morning. How'd it happen? Why, oh, uh, th- there was a dog. A dog? Yeah, I, I heard him trying to chew through the screen door. I went out to chase him away, and he bit me. Well, you mean there was all that racket, and I didn't even wake up? No, Ellen, you, you didn't even wake up. It was clear to me that Ellen knew nothing of what had transpired the night before. I went to my office that morning and made a pretense of going over routine business, if only to restore my mind to some semblance of calm by the sight and sound of common, familiar things. Pain in my arm had become a persistent, dull throbbing. I made a late appointment with Dr. Wesley. He treated my arm with something of an arched eyebrow, and he said, Well, I've never seen anything quite like it before. That is such a rapid onset of infection. It was dark when I left his office. I hadn't realized it was so late. Driving home, my car seemed seemed sluggish until I saw the needle on the dashboard and realized that I was pushing it to the utmost of its speed. I was racing home to prevent prevent something before it was too late, before the darkness had conspired against me. Somehow I already knew with certainty that it was the darkness and the night that I had to fear. The curves of the canyon seemed endless. And then the cold fear leaped up inside me. My house, too, was dark. I went slowly up the stone steps from the road, looking, praying for some sign of light or light. There was none. The house was empty. Ellen was gone. I I looked with the same self-torturing thoroughness. And in that closet, first of all, knowing as I did so that it was hopeless. And so, alone in that empty house, I waited, powerless and helpless now, deadened in thought and will, empty as the house itself, save only for the overwhelming sense of a terrible foreboding. For some time in the early hours of the morning, I snapped on the radio, shortwave. Why? Surely a minor question now. I only know that I did. And then I heard it. Car 58, car 58, go to Laurel Canyon, the 4,000 block. A report that a man has been injured or attacked. Condition thought to be critical. Ambulance will follow. That is all. I was there almost before the police, edging my way through the little crowd, staring down at the man lying there in his white uniform under the street light. Yeah, the milkman, poor guy. I heard him scream, but when I got here, just like this, there's nothing right, to stand talk. back, stand back. Please, please stand back. Well, you again. I, I heard it on the radio. I, I live just down the road. Yeah, yeah, I remember. What, what happened? Well, take a look. Maybe you can tell us. He was dead. And he was lying on his back. And his throat had been torn out as though by the fangs of some wild animal. It is now Christmas Eve, or rather Christmas morning, for it's a little after midnight. I've been waiting here, here in the stillness of this empty house for nearly 24 hours, waiting for the end. Already once tonight I've heard that dreadful wailing cry somewhere in the hills. I've nailed up the closet door, but that I I know is childish, useless. My arm is swollen and turning black, but that's nothing. It's another end that I foresee, as, as surely as other men foresee the rising of the sun. I hear the cry again. It's nearer now. I shall leave these notes in a sealed envelope and put it in a shoebox, in the hope that someone will give credence to these dark and terrible events, if indeed such nameless horrors can ever yield to mortal understanding. <laughs> As for myself, I feel no longer any fear or even sorrow. Only a desire that the end and the thing that I must do may come soon. And it will be soon, I know. Yes. For there is someone at the door. Door. 
What do you make of it, Sam? <laughs> it's quite a yarn. But what of it? That's what I thought. Now, listen, that's not quite all of it. Huh? Clip to it's a newspaper clip. Listen. Hollywood, December the 26th. Police reported what was apparently a case of murder and suicide in Cypress Canyon sometime in the early hours of the morning. The victims were James A. Woods, a chemical engineer, and his wife, Ellen. Preliminary investigation indicates that Mrs. Woods was killed by the blast of a shotgun in the hands of her husband, who then turned the weapon upon himself. That she fought desperately for her life, however, was evidenced by the disorder of the room and the severe lacerations inflicted upon her husband about the neck and arms. This is the second tragedy to be reported in Cypress Canyon within 24 hours, the other being the unexplained death of Frank Polanski, a milkman. Well, no such murders or whatever they were ever occurred, if that's what's worrying you. The clipping, well, you have those things printed up, you know. No, no, it's not that, Sam. That story was found in an unfinished house in Cypress Canyon. No number, no nothing, just a framework. Uh-huh. Now that house is finished. When I drove by it today... But well, that's what stopped me, Sam, because it all fits. Now that it's finished, it is the house in the story, the same construction, the same vines and creepers on the lawn, even the same number. So what? A guy who knows roughly what this house is going to be like writes a yarn and loses it or something. Did he know the place was going to be listed for rental today, the Saturday before Christmas? <laughs> oh, Jerry, coincidence. Two bits you find the guy next door is a ghost story writer or something, and he's been wondering for a year what happened to that thing he wrote. Okay. Okay, coincidence. Well, I, I'm sorry I bothered you, Sam. <laughs> Don't be silly. I liked it. It's a good yarn. Uh, that the uh, forensic sign you were talking about? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to put it up outside now. Uh-huh. Well, so long, Jerry, and Merry Christmas again. Yeah, well, thanks, Sam. <laughs> I guess I was kind of silly, all right. Huh? <laughs> Listen, when a guy named uh, whatever it is, Woods, with a wife named Ellen, comes in to rent that place from you, then you can start worrying. <laughs> yeah. Well, so long, Sam. So long, Jerry. Come in. Oh, we're sorry to bother you, but we just happened to see that for rent sign outside. Well, yeah, I hung it out just this minute. Is... is the house available? Oh, sure, sure it is. Well, let me introduce myself. My name is James A. Woods. And this is my wife, Ellen. How do? Wow. Looks like it's fixing to... Yes, it does, doesn't it? Presented by Roma Wines, R-O-M-A, Roma Wines, selected for your pleasure from the world's greatest reserves of fine wines. Tonight's show marks the third birthday of Suspense on the Air, and this is Ken Niles asking our star of the evening, Robert Taylor, to help us celebrate. Why didn't you tell me before, Ken? If I'd only known, I'd have baked a cake. Well, Bob, all suspense parties are surprise parties. As an old hand on suspense, uh, you know that in our plays, the tables are usually turned on the star. So tonight, although it's our birthday, we're going to give you a present. Here it is, a gift basket of Grand Estate California wines from Roma, America's greatest vintner, to our distinguished anniversary guest, Robert Taylor. Thanks, Ken. You turn a nice table. And you can set a nice table with Grand Estate Burgundy in your basket, Bob. For Grand Estate Burgundy means rare dining pleasure adds memorable distinction to holiday dinner. Even everyday meals are outstanding in taste when Grand Estate Burgundy is served. Yes, all Grand Estate wines presented by Roma are limited bottlings of outstanding taste excellence. That I know about Grand Estate wines, Ken. But did you know that for Grand Estate wines, Roma selects only the choicest grapes? Then the ancient skill of Roma master vintners, necessary time, and America's finest winemaking resources guide the cuvee of this grape treasure to rich taste luxury. That's why discriminating wine users everywhere look to grand estate wines as the crowning achievement of vintner skill. Reason enough. 
And now, Ken, who's all set to star on Suspense next Thursday? It's that very wonderful actress and wonderful girl, Miss Susan Peters. Susan will appear as a young lady in straitened circumstances who finds herself mistaken for a very rich young lady and who is forced into continuing the deception with murder as a result. I'll certainly make it a point to listen. And uh, before I go, I'd like to thank this really great company of actors who have played with me tonight, and particularly Kathy Lewis, who played Ellen. Thank you, Bob. Tonight's original suspense play was written by Robert L. Richards. Next Thursday, same time, you will hear Miss Susan Peters as star of Suspense. Produced by William Spear for the Roma Wine Company of Fresno, California. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. And now it's time for perhaps, but maybe not. Screw worms are in the Florida Keys attacking deer at such an alarming rate that State Commissioner of Agriculture Adam Putman has declared an agricultural state of emergency. Screw worms are a fly that's described as a flesh-eating worm of unknown origin. The adult screw worm lays its eggs in an open wound on a deer. Some animals separate themselves from their herd and die a week later from infections. The Department of Agriculture and Consumer Services don't know of any human or livestock cases reported. Yet! But the Florida Keys are going through an infestation of screw worms that are geographically limited to the area. So far... Over the past two months, a few local pets in the Keys have also shown signs of possible infestations. Most of the animal infestations are with key deer, which are protected under the Endangered Species Act. Putman says that this is the first local outbreak in 50 years in Florida. Gee, I wonder what brought it back. He also stated that it represents a threat to livestock in the United States. The screw worm is about the size of a housefly with orange eyes and a metallic dark blue body. They typically have three dark gray stripes on their backs. The USDA's Animal and Plant Health Inspection Service recommends using fly repellents and keeping skin wounds clean from flies to prevent screw-worm infection in people as well as animals. The Florida Keys have set up an animal health checkpoint to check for the screw-worm in pets before entering the area. Officials set up an inspection station within 48 hours of positive lab tests. So, is this the beginning of an invasion of screw worms? Perhaps, but maybe not. Uh, recently, a uh, animated short was done uh, and posted on YouTube uh, based on the audio of one of the episodes of the Reverend Bob Levy show that featured uh, Bob Levy, of course, his son Dom, and uh, yours truly. <laughs> I uh, concern uh, the social consequences of fat people. Uh, you can find it on YouTube under the title of The Rev Bob Levy Show Animated Listen Fat People. <laughs> so uh, you can find that. Uh, the animator you can follow on Twitter uh, at Hist Eric Cartoon, that's H-Y-S-T, Eric, as the name Eric, uh, Cartoon. Uh, that's a little joke there for the for the name. Is Eric Demory or Dimory? I'm not exactly sure. Uh, but uh, good job there, and uh, check it out. It's pretty good. All right, so that wraps up this episode, and there'll be some more Halloween-related stuff for the next two episodes, and then we're back to normal. 
this and all Mr. Nelson shows are sponsored by my stores, which you can find at Zazzle, the Mr. Nelson sh- uh, store, and also uh, uh, my poor man's Mystery Science Theater at Selfie. That's Selfie.com slash Nelson. And the uh, horror movies that I uh, made fun of uh, are now reduced to 90 cents each. You can get the whole movie for 90 cents. Just download it and watch it on your computer or your device, whatever. Um And it helps out this show. Yes, it does. Okay. Good night, everybody. The views and opinions expressed during the Mr. Nelson Show do not necessarily reflect those held by RadioMisfits.com. So, any complaints and or comments should be sent to at Mr. Nelson on Twitter, where they will be promptly ignored and or blocked.